Fired Up Fridays app with Steve Ryan is now available on Apple and Google Play stores. Well, hello there, family. You're listening to Fired Up Fridays with Steve Ryan. Fired Up Fridays, all right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Fired Up Friday. All right. <laughs> Pumped, man. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening. That covers everybody in the world, all time zones. So so uh so if, if somebody was like, Who's Terrence? How would how would you introduce yourself? I see the mighty hat. Oh yeah, the be mighty man. That's my little slogan. I've been uh you know, I was looking at an artist who became an entrepreneur in the most unexpected way ever and uh, literally like rifling through some garbage. And I found magnets that I that I would like it was in a prototype for a product. I was working at the Museum of Modern Art and they had this um, puzzle piece that connected magnetically. And I was like, oh, I'm going to keep those magnets. So I put them out of my desk. They um, <laughs> they eventually all snapped together. And I thought, well, what if I made a bracelet? out of magnets where you could like literally take it apart anywhere, put it together anywhere. It would always connect. You could resize it if it was too big and just take off the extra pieces or do you, you know, just like play around and have tricks with it, like go through your hand if you can see that, but like, (laughs) yeah. So like from $300 in a box of magnets, I was like, started this product it became very successful eventually i made a video like that to put on youtube just to better demonstrate the product what i didn't expect is within a month of putting the product on youtube it went viral and it was the number one video for 10 days on youtube in christmas of 2006 and i went wow. from like maybe making like less than 30,000 a year to selling $150,000 in bracelets in one month. Wow. And I just quit my day job. I went full on into the invention (laughs) title of my, one of my many hats that I'm wearing. And, uh, I just, I just kept inventing and discovering new things and I never looked back, man. And so it's be mighty is an expression that I use to, to sort of remind myself of my own path and also it's for others to say, Hey, look, you don't know what'll happen if you just go off and take that first step. You know, you don't have to know the whole staircase. You just have to take that first step and trust that, you know, things are going to put themselves in place and you really have to believe that that's really part of the journey. Wow. Wow. And so I'm taking a look at your be mighty website here. Kind of cool. Be mighty project, inspirational street art from New York city. All right. Then we have you have your a mighty flame flow at the tidy spark. Dante, be mighty. All right. Mm-hmm. So you have some merch here. That's cool. Yeah. And you, and you also have some flyers. Oh, that's cool. The fly- yeah, the flyers are all free. At each I one see. of the flyers, if you click on one of them, you'll see that each one has like 10 different inspirational phrases and quotes and things. And I, I sort of started doing this at one point. Um, so <clears throat> I just gave you like the exciting, you know, rocket launch 
part of the story, you know, like ex- excelling into uh, greatness. Well, you know, eventually the company went on to become one of Inc.'s fastest growing companies. I was uh, for three years, we were growing over 100 percent every year. Uh, my my main product now, uh, Mighty Wallet, was uh, was really what put me on the map. And um, but at the end of that trajectory was this incredible down downward spiral. It was like a a series of events that happened um, that I just you almost couldn't believe like what was going on. Like we came back from a what was supposed to be like a beautiful trip to the south of France with my French wife and um, visiting her family uh, and. Upon returning, she emails me and says, hey, I'm moving out and like leaves me alone with two kids. Uh, My my factory owner in China disappeared with all the money, all my inventory. Um, My dad got throat cancer. My mom had a staph infection in her hip replacement. Uh, My grandmother who raised me died. All of this happened within three months. And I just felt like a like the world was unraveling. Like I, I just literally, I was so scared every morning I would wake up and sit at the edge of my bed, just thinking like, Oh my God, like what's going to happen next. And I, I felt like I could very easily slip into a depression. I could very easily go to that place, you know, that was like pity and feeling doubtful. And, you know, I mean, who's, who would blame you right in those circumstances to feel like overwhelmed. But I knew I had to hold on to something just to be functional every day. So the quote, yeah. the project with the quotes began from like literally like me having something to hold on to for that day to say changes are what like make life interesting and overcome the overcoming them is what makes life beautiful. There's one right there, right at the perfect time. And wow. And that's kind of how the project grew it was for me at first it was for me to survive this like really challenging period of my life uh but then i was like you know what i'm enjoying these quotes so much maybe if i put them out in the world other people enjoy them and i did that for five years posting these flyers you know all over new york city wherever my travels would take me um and it was really beautiful to see people connecting with the flyers people finding their own meaning you know, we're all on our own path, but we all can relate because we're all facing the same challenges, but in different ways, you know? So it was a great project. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. So. Wow. Wow. And, and how did you, um, how did you, you know, get through those moments? A lot of people going through that would have just altered. Like, so, so what was your, did you have, do you have any process of how you did it? Yeah, I think, um, Okay, so I've always been kind of a survivor, you know, of sorts. Like, I've had that instinct. There's an instinct to, you know, the flight or fr- flight re- reflex. Um, yeah. But, but I still think that we all are capable of meeting the challenges that life gives us because those challenges are not there necessarily to punish us. So in right. some ways, in our minds, we have to get over the idea that, oh, this it's all happening to me. And this is so, you know, overwhelming. Like you have to sort of, I know it's really hard, but you have to sort of accept these things and, and, and try to believe that 
there's something at play, something at work, even though it makes no sense. That's yeah. going to bring you to that place that you need to be either personally in your life or in your own personal development. Um, and so changing your attitude about like, you know, this is happening to me versus this is happening for me. I just right. can't see it. Um, that's a major part of it. The other, other thing I would really uh, encourage other people to think about is that when we're going through these storms in our life, you know, the storm is really passing through, you know, we are the sky. Or if you imagine like your mind is the sky for a minute, right? The storm right. comes through, the storm moves on. And the storm, you know, we have those periods in our life where we go through those storms, but mm -hmm. we are constant. We are the sky. We are the permanence. We are just witnessing this thing that's happening to us. And if we can, if we can believe those two things, let ourselves, you know, Accept that this isn't, you know, the end of our life. This is just something bad we're going through. And right. that it's it's not forever. And even though it may feel like it, and I can tell you, I, I was in a period of time for many years where I just, I didn't know how I was going to get to the next day, the next week, the next month. It all just seemed overwhelming, right? But you have to come back to the present. Right. We, we always... Uh, stumble and, and trip ourselves up when we get our minds way too far ahead of ourselves. And we start thinking, oh, but I couldn't, but it's not. There's no way that, you know, and, and that little thing we're doing in our minds is we're really messing ourselves up. You mm -hmm. know, if we can just let go and be here right now, like no matter what your circumstance, and even when I was in those those trying times, I would look out the window. I'd be like, oh, it's, it's raining. Uh, normally you would say, oh, great. It's raining. But I'd be like, <laughs> wow, it's raining. It's so beautiful. That's incredible. If you really think about it, it's incredible, right? right. The idea that there's this vapor in the, you know, that gathers and then condenses and drops and, and how amazing it is that it fertilizes the earth. And so like in coming back in a way, like to sort of put a, end cap on the analogy of the the storm you know the storms when they come through the storms aren't you know we run from the storm because we're like oh shit like excuse me i hope i can say that <laughs> it's but, all uh, right <laughs> okay uh the the storm is coming and it scares us because it's lightning it's thunder it's uh it's cold it's windy it's uh the rain is you know hitting us and our natural reaction is to protect ourselves and the but we also have to remind ourselves the storm has also come there to clean the slate, you know, to sort of sometimes we need those things to rip up our outdated ways of thinking, our outdated ways of being. You know, mm -hmm. the storm has come to, to, to tabla ras, baby. It's going to clear that stuff out, whether you like it or not. And, and so the storm isn't always there. You know, when the storm leaves – you're left with a sunny day that's that soil is fertilized and and you have a chance to grow again. And so those are the things that, that sort of got me through those those times. Wow. That that's a very, very interesting thing. So really it sounds like you're saying it's all about perspective. It's all about how someone yeah. view it. <laughs> that's it, and, man. You know, and so from from that period of time to like now, like how are you now? Like how how have you how have you uh you know, bounced back from that now, you know, mm -hmm. that was a lot. 
Yeah, I mean, almost, and like I share this sometimes, you know, in different spaces with people, it's almost, I feel like now, any, I don't want to, I don't wish anything <laughs> bad to happen, but like, I feel like I've been through it. Like, I don't, right. I'm happy. I'm so much happier with who I am now than right. when I was on the Inc's fastest growing companies list. I wasn't happy. It was right. like happiness was to me was adding one more zero in terms of our, you know, uh, annual income. That's not happiness. Now I feel like no matter what happens to me, highs, lows, wherever any one of these projects go, I'm good. You know, I've learned so much about myself that I, I feel like in some ways I couldn't have grown without those challenges. So I'm thankful for them, you know. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll be right back after this short commercial break. <laughs> Up Friday, we'll be right back after these messages. Come and tap into the worldwide audience of Fired Up Fridays. Do you have an inspiring story? Have you gone through any type of challenges but you found a way to make it through? We would love to hear your story on Fired Up Fridays. Visit steveryan.com today. All right, that gives a chance for a water break. <laughs> so, yeah. so the Be Mighty project. So, what's the Be Mighty project? Like, once um, I know you explained some of it, but like, is is there, you know what 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 is the project about? Right. Well, for me at this point, um, you know, I, I I still once in a while put the flyers around the city, and um, but it's more about like I've tried to create an archive for mm -hmm. other people because. I feel like, you know, I, I'll tell you one thing is that another totally unexpected thing that happened in, as, as I was putting these flyers up around the city mm -hmm. was that one thing I never expected was that the act of giving, the act of, of saying, I know the world's falling apart around me. Uh, I know mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't know where this is all going to end up, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to, I still have something to give. You know, I felt like, like everything was falling down and I had, and, and everything was felt like kind of meaningless, but I knew that if I stayed focused, focused that I would, I get through it somehow, you know? And mm -hmm. so what was interesting is, you know, I would tell my business friends like, Oh yeah. Uh, I'm like a million dollars in debt. Uh, the bank is trying to like close on me and, and, but I'm out there putting up these, these flyers and they're like, are you crazy? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it sounds nuts. Right. But like, honestly, the fact that I was doing that and I was putting these up, it helped me tremendously because now I had something to do. I had something to give and right. that act of giving it flipped the script on my whole, all the feelings of powerlessness, like where I was mentioning earlier, like everything was happening to me instead of for me. Right. Suddenly I was like, I had something to give and it wasn't all negative. And that mm -hmm. little bit of hope, man, it changed everything. So like the flyer project now, the be mighty project now exists online for other people. You know, if you're going through a hardship, a, a, a you know, everybody gets them. 
uh, we're not immune to those periods in our life. Uh, yeah. And when you do, you know, I wanted to have a kind of resource for other people to either, you know, to pull from and gather or, you know, even for like a workspace, if you want to put, you know, some cool flyers around and inspire your team, inspire your school, put them up in a local coffee shop. You can download them for free. Um, you know, and I just thought like it's, it was almost like those quotes meant so much to me. Yeah. And I kind of, um, when I was really, I used to have these kind of dreams of almost like a mountain climber, you know, <laughs> how mountain climbers are going up these very steep, uh, you know, obviously they're like ravines, right? You're, yeah. you're way high. You have like this much to hold on to. And that's kind of how I felt. But the quotes to me were almost like the anchor points. You know, when, when a mm -hmm. climber goes up the mountain for the first time in a route that no one else has taken, they, right. leave their, they leave their anchor points in the mountain for the next climber to connect to. Right. And to, to me, these quotes were from climbers who had proceeded on the mountain before I did. And I was simply connecting and holding on to these as I was scaling my own mountain. And, and that gave me a kind of sense of connection and that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to get through this. Like, even though it's felt like, Oh my God, that mountaintop is so high. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but you just stop focusing on there, keep focusing on here and, and just get through that moment and, and you'll make it. Wow. And, and, and how do you know what quotes to pick? Like, are, are some of these your quotes or there's quotes you've gathered over time or. Yeah. I, well, I became kind of like a, a quote junkie. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> I started gathering of all kinds of sources, you know, uh, Instagram, like Googling things, or I'd find a, a specific person that I really liked. And then I would like John Wooden, the basketball coach has like so many phenomenal quotes. Um, and, and there's just like a wealth of them, but I, I would literally follow my heart. And so like if one week I felt a certain way, like mm -hmm. I needed to get these messages, I would, those is, that's what would go on the flyer, you know? Right. That makes yeah. sense. So, you know, so as far, as far as, you know, as far as like the be mighty, well, be mighty project, not the be mighty project. Like mm -hmm. um, where's your, what's your vision of where you would like to see it, um, you know, go, or if there's any, you know, vision of where you want it to go. Yeah, I mean, I really would like to make at one point a story about it. You know, I, I think like there's a we all have, like I said, those those moments. And, and it's almost like I've learned so much through that experience that I feel like it, writing it down in a narrative format could be not only fun and kind of insane to, 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 to sort of see again and to the, the witness, give witness to it, but it's also like we we can learn so much from each other's experiences right and so like i think like telling those stories in a way makes us all feel more connected so i'd love to do like a be mighty story eventually um you know and and that's kind of how where i see it going yeah wow that's that's going to be awesome 
And now, and then you also have Dejan Dudes. You want to tell us a little bit about Dejan Dudes and what's that about? Yeah. So, uh, so as I was uh, coming out of the fire, let's say, <laughs> I, uh, I had been so afraid to start anything new because I was worried that, um, you know, whatever I was going to, you know, whatever I made was essentially going to go to the bank and, and right. I, I would never get out of it. Uh, well, eventually I, I avoided, uh, <laughs> I avoided service for so long that eventually the bank was like, okay, fine. <laughs> <They're just> like, <laughs> let's, and I said, well, what if I gave you, you know, like, and I basically paid off a tiny proportion of what I owed. Um, and I was able to get out of that, that debt. And it was the first time that I was able to sort of dream again. And I yeah. thought, my God, you know, like I've been missing this. I've been missing the idea of like, of creating something new, you know, it had been so long. And when I was um, thinking about the NFT space, I wanted to create something that was in a way different because um I kind of felt like there was a formula that was happening mm. and I kept seeing it over and over. And, and then I called on my, um, my previous experience with mighty wallet where I had this wallet um, that it was, well, I'll show you mine. It's basically a wallet made of Tyvek, you oh, know, like wow. the FedEx envelope stuff. Yeah. And uh, so it's origami, it's folded. And so, <laughs> They're super thin, but it, as you you know fill them, they adapt and they get bigger because they're origami. Well, at the height of the company, I had created something called Artist Collective, and it was a platform where artists could submit their own artwork to the website. It would render their art onto the wallet, and then mm. we would we would print them out, and the artists would get commissions for each one of their sales. And it was such a cool platform because if a certain design was very popular, we would put it into full production, distribute it around the world. I, you know, we were sold in about 50 countries around the world at that time. So for artists, it was like, wow, you really got your name out there. Your art was being held in people's hands every day. Like, you know, it was kind of phenomenal. And I thought, how could I bring that kind of format to NFTs where you know, you create a template and then artists all contribute their own vision of that template. And then you, you know, you create, that's the collection. So mm. DJ dude is kind of a, an, uh, uh, 3d, although it's 2d obviously, but he's a 3d character that's, you know, spins and turns and each artist contributes their own artwork. We basically wrapped the DJ dude with the artwork of individual artists and we mm -hmm. create unique one of one NFTs. And the uh, collection is going to be essentially whatever 1000 artists end up creating. So yeah, those are some of the ones right now. Um, and the other cool part about those guys is they also are, uh, they also have augmented reality. So oh, wow. So, like, if you click on um, the, the eyeball one or something, like, I can show you, like, there's a um, augmented reality part where you can just turn him around like, with, your, with your mouse. Um, so, if you go to the bottom, 
and there'll be a little uh, link to the, so that that's his, that's the NFT part right there with the framework around it. Wow. And, th- and then just below that, there's a link to the AR, C-A-R-D gen. Yeah. So what this will do is it'll load the augmented reality uh, sculpture. And so what you can do is now you can actually yeah, move him around, look at him however you want, see him from any angle. And the other really cool thing, Steve, is if you have this on your phone, if you're looking at the site on your phone mm-hmm. and you hit, there's a little cube that appears in the bottom. You hit the cube and he'll appear in your space through your phone. You can actually see him uh, wherever you're at. Like you could position him like in your environment, in your, in your living room. Or oh, wherever. wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, that is really really cool. I'm definitely gonna have to try that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. How long did it take you to get this together? Like this was. It's been awesome. a year, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. lot of work, but you know, yeah. it's, it's, I love doing stuff that's different. That I mean, not. I'm. I mean, more in the sense of like, I love to learn. You know, right. and so like being challenged to learn new software and stuff is is kind of overwhelming, but then also really rewarding. Wow, that that makes sense. So, so like, are are you? Are you how, how did you get your artistry started as an artist? Like, uh, or, or well, first mm. of all, are you an artist? You, I'm assuming you're an artist too. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Yeah, there's it, a couple of the DJ dudes I made. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, like, how did you get your artistry started? Were you just kind of born with it, or did you just always draw the walls, or where yeah. did your art start? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your art well, my, <laughs> That's my grandmother would say. Oh, you you always got to be different. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so I guess I had it in me early, but... Um, you know, you, you, I think we all like express different talents, you know, we have different passions. And so early on I was always into drawing and, uh, but it, it just sort of evolved into that. Then people start saying, Oh, you're an artist. <laughs> right. And so like you get classified and I think we can all become all kinds of things. It's just like what we're encouraged to do, what we're inspired to do mm-hmm. uh, is really what, how we define ourselves. Um, but I ended up pursuing art, I studied painting. I went to the Cleveland Institute of Art and um, I was just really, I just wanted to become a painter, like in the most traditional sense, you know, like I actually moved to the South of France um, to study in the footsteps of Van Gogh and Matisse and Cezanne. uh, And I lived there for three years, um, literally going to Cezanne's studio and going to the places where Van Gogh painted and uh setting up my canvas and feeling completely overwhelmed wow <laughs> because the beauty there is just so so uh it's really hard to it's hard to put the beauty of the of provence in a painting it's just you know i think that's where van gogh was also struggling like he had a vision that he couldn't get to put you know it just wouldn't work in the painting and that's why he had to create that you know, those, those strokes and the way he, he did, um, and the, the famous starry night. Wow. Wow. It, would it, would it be safe to say that that's, that he's, you know, 
either one of your favorite artists or your favorite artist. <laughs> uh, he's definitely one Stephanie. of them. Like as I when I was like still doing painting, right? And then right, eventually right. I went into um, photography, and then I in when I moved to New York City, I started doing performance art. So I met a bunch of uh, Japanese artists and we were doing collaborative performance art and it got really crazy, uh, wow. <laughs> but a lot of fun. And, and every time expanding, you know, and learning new things and, and growing as an artist, and as a person. Wow. So for people who may not know what a performance art artist is like, hmm. what's, what's performance art? Yeah. So it's almost like there was this period of time in the sixties when, a lot of artists that had got grown sort of frustrated uh, about painting, you know, painting being this canvas stuck on a wall in a gallery, this one context of art. And, you know, Yoko Ono might, might've been like one of the earliest performance artists, you know, who did this piece where she cut her clothing little by little, you know, on a chair in a space. Um, and the idea sort of grew from like, okay, what else could you do that, you were the art. So it was, it was kind of like an extension of theater, um, right. but it was more visually based. So when I would do performances with this uh, art collective in, um, in Brooklyn, um, I was often naked, uh, but painted in a, you know, white or something. And then my, my friend would paint me um, using different paints. And, and then sometimes I would use like flashlights and move uh, the lights around, creating like a silhouette in almost like butterfly silhouettes of shadows around me. Wow! Um, and and some and sometimes the performances were super simple. Like I did one performance that was um, it was simply me laying in a pool of water that was about mm -hmm. ten by ten feet, and I was looked like I was floating, but there was something underneath me holding me up. And right. I was half half submerged in this pool of water, which I put black ink in, so you couldn't see how deep it was. Um, on my heart was a stethoscope. And in each corner of the pool were four speakers floating in these uh, basic tup Tupperware tins. <laughs> uh, very dangerous. <laughs> wow. But the, the speakers would amplify my heartbeat creating these four waves of heartbeat ripples coming off the corners in against the body and then rippling off. And on the ceiling, I had one light shining straight down. So it would reflect into the water, which was black and then reflect onto the ceiling, a silhouette of the body with all these rays of light coming in and off and in and off. And it was just, for an hour I sat in the water with my heartbeat being the only sound in the space, just like contemplating your, your own existence and something as simple as your beat, your heartbeat. Wow. Wow. That's, that's pretty, um, are you going to do any performance art again in the future or, or is that? Um, I might, but I, in some ways, like, I feel like I've, I, I don't know, like I would really have to be the right project. I've done projects. I've done performances with other artists. Mm -hmm. um, but in some ways, like, I, I feel like I'm, I really, you really have to be in tune. Yeah. Know? It would be really yeah. cool if, if yeah. somebody caught a performance art and sold them as NFTs. Like here's the, mm. here's that NFT of that performance art. And then, you know, mm. you get it and it's, oh, yeah. it's that performance art. And yeah. Then a different one. That, that'd be kind of cool.
<laughs> yeah. So, and, and is Dejan Deuce, is that still open for artists to apply? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, a lot of, um, so I'm, I've basically been building the back end so that artists, once they submit their work, it's as streamlined as possible. So we can get, you know, an artist who gets online, their work wrapped, created, accepted, and, and produced online within two weeks. Wow. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And, and by all means, if there are artists who are watching and you want to participate, you know, you can submit through the website, uh, through dgendudes.io. And uh, there's an artist apply page. Um, mm. And it's real easy. Just sort of send me examples of your work, you know, kind of what you have in mind. Uh, and we can start creating unique one-of-one NFTs and, and, um, and creating cool stuff, you know. Yeah, I'm going to put that back on the screen here yeah. shortly where they can. Oh, yeah, it looks like a real simple form. You click on apply and this is where it takes you. Yeah, it has a different um, it has a different languages on there, too. So that that's pretty cool. I put it in Japanese as well, just uh, because a lot of artists are Japanese are applying. Um, mm -hmm. and I thought it would make it a little easier. All right, so folks, you go to dejendudes.io, which is D-E-G-E-N-D-U-D-E-S.io. And mm -hmm. we have the beginning page on the screen. It's like one Dejendude, thousand artists, artists apply now. You just click on that, and it'll take you to a form. Awesome. All right, this has been wonderful. Like, did you have any yeah. last-minute words of wisdom that you want to depart to the masses? <laughs> You know, we're, we're all like capable of so many great things and we just have to believe and trust in ourselves. Obviously, you know, Steve, you're doing incredible work all the time, bringing people together, encouraging people, motivating them. And, uh, you know, I have to thank you for being such a, a light in the space, you know, so Thanks oh, thank to you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, this has been awesome and looking forward to seeing DJ Deuce. I understand your project more now, and I'm sure some others will too. And you as a person, you've been through so much. And thank you so much for coming on. Really, Man. really, really, really appreciate you. <laughs> me too. I'm so glad we got to do this. Yeah, me too. So this wraps it up for Friday Friday. <laughs> Woo! Are you ready to feel good? Are you ready to feel inspired? Then come and get your I Am Strong merch. It's smooth on the skin. And guess what? When you wear it, people will be asking, where did you get that shirt? Where did you get those clothes? And you can say, I am strong. Come on over to stevebryan.com today.